What do you reckon, Mary? The hard rain's going to fall. There's something about Mary. Uh, thanks <laughs> for coming to the studio. Falling, actually. I know. Out there today, we had a big storm earlier in Currajong. Yeah, it seems. I've never seen weather like it. It's, but it's sort of muggy. I tried to get the. Uh, Air conditioning working yeah, here, so no, I know good. when it's working when it starts dripping into a bucket on the floor. <laughs> pretty <laughs> sad. Yeah, yeah well, no, I was thinking, it feels good. Yeah. I was thinking about getting my emu feather out and sort of just spoiling myself a little bit, you know, with this uh, <laughs> the weather the way it is. It's just I've never seen humidity like it. Mm. Henceforth, that's why all the rain. So, Mary, it's good to see you. Been a while, my God. Been a while, Gary. It's uh, great to pop in and have a chat. Uh, well, the last I was just saying, the last time I've seen you was down uh, a book launch, an Indigenous book launch down in George Street, and I could just see you through the haze of um, smoke where they're doing that spiritual thing. Oh, yes. I think that was the launch of the children's books. Was children's books. Correct? Indigenous. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was something Indigenous because they're burning leaves and that. Yeah, and yeah, beautiful books they were and, and illustrated by local artists, uh, local Indigenous artists. They're really Really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good day. And I think, well, yeah, we had the bus down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the bus is up the road. When we start working on the bus, she's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. These are few repairs because uh, it will be in big demand this year because we want to get around and uh, get the word out there about Hawkesbury Radio. Uh, if you've got a school, you've got a fundraiser, we, uh, we're out there for nothing. All the free. I've, I've done all the schools for the last eight, last eight seven, eight years. Uh, you name a suit, the Gimpy Master, Ebenezer, Glossodia, uh, Grosswold, Richmond, you name it. Uh, we'll go out to all these places. All you have to do is go to hawksbyradio.com and follow the prompts. If you've got a uh, fundraiser for your school, uh, we can be there. So um, just uh, contact Hawksby Radio and we'll look after you, right? And so counselling. Yeah, well, I was just going to ask you actually about how did you manage with that sort of thing during COVID? Could you, did you have to take the bus off the road? or The bus was a bit quiet, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you come to well, think of... nothing was on, I suppose. There was yeah, no, no fates nothing... or anything on last Yeah, there year. was nothing on, so we were very quiet during COVID. So, But we think we're out of the woods. You can even have a dance now on the yes, dance floor. which is, is wonderful. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think, you know, we've been through so many challenges of the whole thing. It's been incredibly challenging mm. for our whole community. And, you know, it's interesting to speak to people now to see how they're going because, of course, a lot of, a lot of things are just coming forward now. I think a lot of the pressures of what happened before COVID, a lot of bushfire-related impacts and a lot of flood impacts and things are still being felt by people that then, of course, were put into the isolation of COVID and on it goes. And on it goes, yeah. I know, it's been, and of course, we've got those people who got overdosed or something. I've seen on some of those vials, you're supposed to have five mils. I think they probably had 25. So uh, you've got that coming into an out, and that's all governments need, and the state governments, that there's someone lighting that fire that, uh, oh, no, the anti-vaxxers and all that start yeah. stirring up, you know, like that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think it's a world where there's a lot of trial and error because everything's had to happen so fast, but um, so far so good, I think. I don't think there's been any negative impacts of that. I'm not sure. I haven't kept up on that today, but... No. And so so where are you based? You're still based in George Street here or are you... Well, uh, the council's still in George Street, but mm. um, in, uh, because I'm, I'm the deputy mayor, not the mayor, as I probably was last time I was in here, but um, I just operate from home. So mm, um, right. I still go to a lot of community meetings and a lot of 
things around the place. I, I meet up and, and chat okay. with people in different places. So all over the Hawkesbury, really. Just mobile, so yeah, to speak. A, a mobile deputy mayor. Yes. You, I thought you'd be, you were mayor the times you were coming here. I think yeah, I was the mayor yeah, when I was right. coming here. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah that's but what I thought. But since then, uh, yeah, you're still but a deputy. The, only the mayor has an office in our yeah. council. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah, Barry got <laughs> rolled. <laughs> and I, I think the new mayor, actually, one of the board of directors told me, rung up and wanted to know uh, how many people listen to Hawkesbury Radio. So I don't know what happened there, but I've heard him on Harmony and I don't think they've got one day and I don't think a lot of people listen to them. So he's, uh, as I said to um, Nathan Zambroglo, that uh, he's quite welcome to come in if he wants to. We, we'll take all of them on the all councils on his. So if they want to get the word out about anything, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's a great opportunity because I think we do have a media policy that covers how councillors operate right. uh, within the media. And of course, I'm here today just really not in an official capacity so I'm just here as myself so I know speak. you come to see me because yes. we're, we get along so well yeah. and we had some good times <laughs> together when you were mayor yeah when things got done went Mary when you were in there my god what's happening Gary um yeah so um we still are continuing on as you would have known from last year of course we got a bonus year on council so really there should have been elections last September Right. That was the schedule. But because of COVID and the difficulty of holding a voting, I know, I think they held a state election, was it in Queensland? Right. Uh, you know, and they did some postal voting and all of that. But it would have been very difficult to hold local government elections across New South Wales. So uh, the government decided to give an additional year. So we're really in a bonus year at the moment, which will mean that we've had a five-year term rather than a four-year term. Well, on council. So council elections are on in the 4th of September and I think that, uh, you know, I would urge anybody out there who's interested in putting their hand up to, uh, you know, represent the community. I think it's a good opportunity for uh, people who have got deep community interests to step forward and maybe consider trying out for council. I think that would be a really good... For sure. Move. And, of course, we know while well, we had uh, Nathan in last week, and uh, he was talking about um, the, what's been taken away from councils with the DAs and that, that state panel. Oh, yes, um, the planning powers. They were taken away a couple of years ago. Um, mm. Not a very popular decision, I don't think, with most councils. No. And quite discriminatory in that it was only Sydney and Wollongong uh, where that was taken away. So sort of... Uh, you know, Newcastle and all of regional New South Wales, the councillors still have those particular powers. Yeah, because the state, then the state, if they said, right, we're going to do with every council, now they've got to go out and find all these panels, all these people to fill these panels. And and you know what? Yeah, I think Badgerick's Creek might have something to do with it where councils haven't got a say anymore. And and it's, it leads me to the question about the uh, uh, the industrial uh, crusher that they want to put in in uh, 99 Sergeants Road, Ebenezer. Now, we are, um, I can't believe this, uh, apparently years ago, Daniela Wheeler, Daniel Wheeler, she was there and we had this teleconference and all the people who got the email and even the ones that didn't, uh, we had this uh, meeting in the park last year, Susan Templeman was there, Daniel Wheeler and other representatives, uh, all these people, right, and when it came to the teleconference, there was four of us, mm. Daniel Wheeler, me, my uh, neighbour in uh, Calora Road, um, Paul Lawrence, who has done a tireless job trying to stop this application, and uh, the planning lady from Ebenezer School. 
Now, you know, I'm up in arms over this, why people didn't come in on the day, which was last Monday, quarter past 11. You just had to, you know, if you got the email, all you had to say, right here, I want to represent myself. You're allowed three minutes to talk and to the panel and just state your case. Mm-hmm. And there's only four of us out of probably 400 that would have something to say if they'd had the same. Now, you, you say it might have been deferred. Let's hope that it gets um, rejected outright. But if it's deferred, what happens? It could drag on for ages. Uh, if I'm not, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm not 100% across what exactly happened. I didn't get to see it, but I know that Councillor Wheeler uh, was there representing yes. uh, the councillor's perspective. Um, but she did tell me it was deferred. Now, I don't know if that means that it was deferred for another hearing or if the decision was deferred. I'm not across... I- what exactly happened. So if it was just the decision deferred, they might release that, you know, within a period of time in 10 week, uh, ten, ten days ten or two days. weeks or something. If the whole matter has been deferred, I'm not sure why, whether that was for more investigation or whether that was to uh, do something else to do with the hearing or to get... Sometimes things are deferred to, um, you know, get more information about something, but I'm yeah. not sure if that's what it was. I, you would have to check with... Uh, the transcripts of what was said or uh, Councillor Wheeler uh, might be able to update yes. people uh, a little bit more comprehensively than I can. Yeah, it's, it's good if I, I sent her an email and she works in the city, so we'll get her in, in some stage. But my understanding was that they'll either reject it outright or, or um, they will... Um, they will do what you're saying, and and because they they couldn't answer any of our questions, they they would they wouldn't exp- you know we asked them about thirty concerns that we had, and they couldn't answer them. Now and, and um, Halla had all their big wigs there, you know their engineers and all their big wigs. It was us against them, like four of us. Uh, so it was very. Um, it's very disappointing. A lot of people from Ebenezer and Wilberforce, because you know we have a situation where there'll be not two trucks an hour. There'll be twenty-two trucks an hour rambling up King Road onto Stanix Park Road, down into the heart of Ebenezer at Sergeant's Road, ninety-nine, uh, hundred and seventy um, metres from my front door. So that I'm the second in line for distance. So, uh, as you can imagine, I'm not happy. happy. And how I've used the context of um, Better Grow, which shouldn't have been on Stanix Park Road to start with as a recycling place, uh, a, a pretext for them to be able to set up shop right down the bottom of that road, Nick, 40, uh, 40 metres from the ecosystem of, the Haw- of, of Ebenezer. And um, so as Danielle Wheeler pointed out, that... Um, um, bad council's planning decisions some years ago let that mob in there and now there's dog pro across the road and it's just a nightmare so now, Ebenezer is probably two kilometres radius so now we've got these people moving in on us with an industrial size crusher in a 2,000 square metre uh, uh, shed so I told them that my main, my main uh, concerns I had th- quite a few concerns now emission and pollution the, the proposed crushes stated that dust emissions are higher than safety levels, so they give themselves up. Dust gen, generated from the recycled building materials can contain up to six toxins, chemicals, including asbestos, arsenic and silica, just to name a few. So they say, oh, no, it's all going to be contained in, the, in this um, shed, so-called shed. But I made the point that machinery will be coming in and out of that shed all day 
and the toxins will, they were bringing the toxins out of the shed, which will be gathered by the wind and blown in all directions. Now, Ebenezer School is uh, about nearly 400 uh, metres away, not even half a kilometre. The wind gets over there uh, and uh, affects our kids. We can't take that chance. So, you know, we want it, we want it shut down. We don't want it deferred because a deferral means that they, that the, uh, um, the, the Hala mob, uh, well, uh, the Imrahams, uh, we all know about them, they made a few documentaries over them, will come back and, um, well, they say, well, the missions, they said oh, the best they could come up is that eco team down there in the creek and never found a frog. So this is, this is what they're playing games. They're not answering any concerns. So they'll go away. They'll do some uh, you know, juggling around and they'll come back big and strong. And so I just ask all those residents from Ebenezer, especially Ebenezer and Wilberforce, if this comes up and you, we have to have one of those teleconferences again, please join for our kids' sake. Please join the fight. So um, mm. I can see, um, you know, you have a lot of concerns and I think that leads to the point that the public do need to engage. Like I can't comment specifically on that particular thing because I'm not up to oh, date I, I on everything. I understand that, but, Mary. But I think that you point out something that is really important and a couple of things actually. And the first thing is that people should become involved. If something's going to impact them, yeah. it's quite within their rights to speak out, ask questions, raise concerns. The second thing is that we are um, currently um, doing a lot with our planning documents and getting documents in place. And the importance of that can't be understated because what we see, for example, in this issue or in many other issues is when we have conflicts of land use. So unless we've got really good strategic plans that says this is where something's going to be, we come up with these conflicting issues. We have it sometimes when there's a residential subdivision near a farm and people move in and then complain maybe about farm smell or well, you know enough. what I mean. It's mm. it's you, We've got to balance plans. Planning is all about balancing and making sure that people aren't adversely impacted, particularly their health, but also their amenity and other things. And so it's really important in the current planning process, uh, aside from individual things where you would want people to speak out if that's impacting them, it's really important when we come forward over the next few months and, and leading into the middle of the year with many of our planning documents that people that are open for public comment, because right. uh, we're working on on the main planning instruments that, you know, talk about the zoning and the lot size and the use of, of our land in this area. Yeah. And well, I think that, um, you know, we've got different, uh, we've got a reference group which is from, you know, people within the industry, which is really good to have their perspective. So people that work as certifiers or builders or uh, real estate agents, property developers to get their perspective because that's one part of it and then of course there'll be community consultation and that will enable the community to say you know well this is what we want in the future for the Hawkesbury uh, because of course there's differences of opinion in particularly in in how much people want to see an area grow uh, what things are valuable to the community to protect and look after and yeah. you've identified one which is the river that we want to keep our river healthy and uh, you know lovely to uh, 
be part of our tourism industry and for people to use and all those sorts of things. So it really, community engagement is really, really important. Yes, I agree. And, and, um, and I see your frustration at people hmm. opposing and then not participating. And I, I find too often people will approach me about an issue they have, not that issue, but another any other issue. And if I ask them, have they told anyone before? Often they haven't. And so people will maybe in the era of social media do a lot of talk on social media or a lot of complaining, but they don't necessarily access the correct avenues such as addressing a planning panel or writing a, a letter to councillors or writing into whoever they can give uh, their point of view to. And I, I can't... <laughs> overemphasise how important it is for representatives, whether they're in council or state or federal, how important it is for uh, any form of representative to really get the feedback from the community. I mean, we really need to know because that's what we're doing. We don't go into council and just use our own uh, point of view. Um, and I think that we need to gauge what we're talking about on, you know, what other people have told us, you know, what their concerns yes, and everything right. is. And I think that I really want to encourage people to participate. For because sure. it, there's nothing worse than hearing them whinge about something when they haven't oh. bothered. So I think you raised some really good points in that. And, Fire and, and I, brimstone. I hope that Councillor Wheeler can give you some more answers on oh, that. Yeah, no, she, she, no, she she's been know. great. And so is Susan Temple. She yeah. turned up to the meeting last year. So what... And what and what decisions can council make these days? All the all the major ones are taken away from you, are they? Yeah, well, all subdivisions. The, well, the planning, uh, the development assessment uh, applications have been removed, so we don't we don't do an assessment as councillors. Council staff can still do that, but not directed by councillors as it used to be. But because the state government shifted to a strategic planning framework, so they want councils to look forward and have their documents that say, you know, this is an area that may be developed in the future or this area won't be touched or this is employment land, this is industrial land, uh, agricultural land should be protected where it is and so on. So there's various state plans from the Greater Sydney Commission like the Western District Plan which sort of is an overriding planning for this right, area yeah. and then we as a council have to then sort of translate the community's vision for the future into that in line with that and, and, and sort of give your opinion whether should, things should go yeah, forward and not go yeah, yeah. Okay. so that's why it's so important that residents inform us of what they think yes. and it's also important when they vote for people that, they, that we're getting a balance uh, representation of, of different, uh, you know, areas of the community and different perspectives to enable us to really sort of look forward rather than looking behind and going back and dealing with yeah. things from the past, like you're mentioning. Yes, uh, get we've it right. got to get it right in the first place and really work to get it right. And that's and then aside from that, the decisions that council make are the decisions. On, on budgetary, you know, expenditure of ratepayer funds, on rates, on uh, things around waste, things on programs right. to deliver, the facilities that council gives, you know, the events that we hold, which of course haven't been many, and no, as you no, would know. No. Um, yeah, so, so there's still a lot to do in council, and um, but it, it has changed from, say, five years ago when often if somebody had an issue like 
a development assessment that was controversial, it would often go before the 12 councillors for a decision yeah. and, you know, and then they would obviously be informed by staff when they mm. make that decision. But there has been a shift away from that at a state level. Yeah, and that's very concerning. I think, you know... Uh Developers, uh, shady developers on council wasn't a good uh, good uh, message for a lot of people, and I think some really bad decisions were made over the years, uh, which has brought um, the, the council to this uh, stage where they have now, where some of those major things, instead of council uh, being the um, well, the judge and jury, we have these four faceless people that make these decisions on people's lives, such as the industrial crush at out at Ebenezer. And we have um, Red Bank, you know, big howdy to the people at Red Bank, but like uh, the developer up there still hasn't built the bridge at Yarramundi. We have the guy who done the sub subdivision uh, uh, develop out of uh, Pit Down and reneged on a park out there. So I was talking to Nathan about it last week. You've got to keep the bastards honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you do. And I mean, when it comes to that sort of thing, I think that uh, council... Uh, people within council, people associated, have learnt that you've got to be very careful in getting yeah. those contributions, uh, ensuring that um, any uh, developments are contributing to uh, alleviate the impact they may make on the surrounding area. And on that note, actually, just recently uh, we had before us on council not a decision for a subdivision because that was approved back in the last council and that was right. for the Jacaranda development at uh, Glossodia. Oh, that's going ahead, isn't it? It is going ahead, but it's currently... They did put in an amended planning proposal. So um, it's going back to the public and I actually added to the recommendation that was in there that we hold a public meeting because yes, I think the important. public... A, a lot of... How's that? 500... Uh, 580, 580 I think it is but they've redone the subdivision plan the yep. layout so that they are maintaining or retaining uh, the biodiversity the most important yeah yep. so I think that because it's a delay since the other approval went through and the community of Glossodia of course were, were given a lot of promises associated with that money coming from that development and a lot yep. of things are within that uh, planning agreement to get good footpaths and connections between the new and yes. the old and doing up Woodbury Reserve. Get as much as you can get out of them. Yeah, and but the public need to be involved to see that That's if right. what has been changed, if the amendments that have been changed are what the population of Glossodia consider to be beneficial to them, you know, that they're getting the development no matter what because it's already approved. But the, the changes... No, that was approved by the last council, but it's got. It's been a long. It was a long. It would have to have been probably six years ago, I think, okay. at least. And right. and then they've come back with an amended layout of the blocks of land, and so it's just important that people do participate in these opportunities for public comment. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, well, we're out of time, Mary. Okay. <laughs> we got the three o'clock news coming up. Okay. Uh, again, how time flies when you're having fun, well, Gary. It, it does, Mary. It's <laughs> been so long. Look, I could talk about another half an hour because we have so many issues to come to to talk about. But you know, you're welcome to come in any time. Uh, Nathan, so uh, Nathan's a bit of a regular on the show because he's got a few things he likes to talk about to get the message out there. And um, sure. And um, yeah. we're looking forward to seeing you again. So, but now yeah. we've got the three o'clock news. So. Uh, We'll talk to you down the track. Thanks, Gary. See you.